This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Some material may be disturbing and we use adult language. Listener discretion is advised. If you love the show, be sure to hit subscribe so that you never miss new episodes. And if you want to support the show, please visit www.patreon.com slash killerqueenspod, where as little as $3 a month gets you early access to shows and amazing additional content. Now on to today's case. Hey guys. Hey. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to launch right into it. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I thought I'd I go ahead to, and get that part over with. Because yeah. you know, somebody's going to say it and that's somebody. Is you Corey. today. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I, anyway. All right, launch right into it. Here we go. Yeah, you're not, you're doing the exact opposite of launching right into it. Seth Tyler Jackson was born on February 3rd, 1996. Little baby. I know, just a little bitty baby. He grew up in Summerfield, Florida, which is an unincorporated community in Marion County. The population is about 25,000 and median household income is about $42,000 per year. You, the way you said population was funny. Is it? What you I said, th- it's like the population. Oh my, did I? A little bit. More like a population. Dad, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never forgive me because I told him I stopped drinking sweet tea. I'm actually really pissed about that too because you came over here with a fucking water from Sonic. I just wanted it. Everybody who has a Sonic in their state knows that you don't go there and get a water. I just wanted it. It's blasphemous. <laughs> okay. So the population is about 25000 and median household income 42000 per year. So in 2011, Seth Jackson was 15 years old and a sophomore at Bellevue High School. His parents are Scott and Sonia Jackson, and he was the youngest of three. His two older brothers are Scott Jr. and I don't know if it's Stephen or Stephan. It's spelled S-T-P-H-A-N, and they don't talk about him. Um, I'm going to say Stephen. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Seth liked to make people laugh. He was kind-hearted. He had dreams of becoming an ultimate fighting champion, um, much like Pete and Friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Seth would have done a lot better job, though, because apparently he was one hell of a fighter. Yeah, I would hope so, because it's not really that difficult to be better than Pete. Well, no, but um, I think he was leagues above. Yes. So, and, you know, Seth was 15. So what his family said was that he really wanted to be in the UFC, but he couldn't start doing professional, like, MMA-type training until he was 18. They just didn't allow minors to do it, Um, which I guess is understandable. It's pretty dangerous. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, it's very violent. Yeah, so, um, but they planned to, you know, help him do that once he turned 18, The family said Seth was a typical teenager who had many close friends who've always cared about him. They said he was an animal lover. He also loved four-wheeling with family and friends, and he was a hard worker. So his mom said that, like, if he needed money, he wouldn't just be like, Mom, I need $10 or whatever. He would 
go around the neighborhood or whatever and be like, hey, could I cut your yard this week or could I wash your car for you or or whatever? He he tried to work to actually get extra money. He just didn't ask his parents for it. So he wasn't afraid of working for something. He wasn't lazy. and Yeah, that's what they said. Um, and awesome. his mom, so I brought up the median household income just because I think money is really important to you. I think it's relevant to the story because of a few reasons. I think as we get into this case, you're going to find that the kids in this case are pretty much completely unsupervised. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that both parents had to work and in some cases, both parents had to have more than one job to make ends meet. And in, um, I listened to a podcast episode, uh, the, the show is called Obscura and they, they covered Seth Jackson as well. It was the only other one I could find on it actually. Um, but the writer for that show who happened to do this case said that he worked with Seth's mom, Sonia, at the time that the murder happened. So at that time he was working at a hotel and he was like a laundry attendant. And so was Sonia. And he said that his job paid about $8 an hour. So I think we can assume she probably made about $8 an hour too. Um, she started after him. So he said she'd only been there like a month when this happened. Um, so it's going to be, it's just, it's a lower income area. Um, and there's, I think there's just a lot in the story that is propelled by that. Like just the lifestyles these kids are leading and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, his best friend at the time was William Samalot. William says that Seth was a great wingman. He said he was the best in the world. Oh, wow. So apparently he knew how to. He's bird, dog and chicks, huh? Oh yeah. And he was probably really complimentary of William. He's like, my friend over here. <laughs> I don't know if you checked out my friend over here. But he's awesome. You should date him. <laughs> so, um, but he also said that they like would BMX together. They, he said they pretty much did everything together. And Sonia let Seth stay with William basically anytime he wanted to. Like he, he like half lived with William essentially. Oh, I love friendships like that when you're little. It's so fun. Yeah, it's like your parents are basically like you call them mom and dad too. It's yeah. like like if two you families. are not at your house, there's no question about where you actually yeah, are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Michelle. Oh. <laughs> we were like always at each other's house. Our story is going to take place in the spring of 2011. Um, spring is like, you guys can't see it. Air quotes. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Um, handy mimes are very, very um, useful. In yes. And in, in podcasting. Sure. Yeah. So are words. <laughs> so try and use some. I don't know how. <laughs> um, so and I did the air quotes because I also looked up the average weather during that time. And the high is 82 degrees on average in April in Summerfield, Florida. I don't want to move to Florida just because of the humidity in the summertime. Maybe I'll be one of those snowbirds. Which do you would you be calling it a snowbird if you're just from Tennessee though? Hmm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And I'd be bringing all of my bad driving skills down to Florida, <laughs> so they wouldn't like that at all. No, they wouldn't. 
But yeah, it's already super hot there. I feel like they probably go straight from like a mild winter, if that, to like the dead of summer, like mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, so there's no in between. Yeah, it's already pretty hot down there. So and the low is like sixty degrees. I mean, it sounds to me, it sounds great. Yeah, I love that. I I don't. Everybody's like, oh, I can't wait for spring. And I'm like, no, bring on the summer. Like, I want to be hot. I want to only wear shorts, and I want to sweat. That's all I want. Yep. Don't. And then once summer comes around, we're going to be like, God, why is it not fall yet? I don't ever apolo- or apologize. I, I don't I ever. Actually, I don't either. I really do not like, complain about yeah, it. I like being warm. It's like two months out of the year where I don't use my seat warmer. <laughs> That's it. Now you're just bragging about your damn seat warmer. <laughs> yeah, I have seat warmers. <laughs> um, on, But I do also have to use a tape player in my car, so... <laughs> balance uh on monday april 18th 2011 william is trying to get in touch with seth throughout the day via text but he's not getting a response so after most of the day of not being able to reach him he ends up calling sonia seth's mom so they were supposed to meet up after school he had been texting him like all day never got a response he went to try to meet with seth after school he wasn't there and so he was like okay this is getting weird so he called Sonia and he's like, hey, do you know where Seth is? I can't get in touch with him. Like, maybe his phone is messed up or something. And Sonia's like, okay, I thought he was with you and I thought he was at your house. So now she's freaked out. So she calls the police and reports him missing right away because she definitely knew something wasn't right. And deputies respond to it. They come to the house. They're talking to her. Of course, they're initially just thinking, he ran away or he was just mad or he was with friends and he'd come back. He was just trying not to tell her where he was. And she did also say that the last time she had heard from him was at about nine, nine or nine thirty the night before she had texted him and asked if he wanted a ride home. And he said his response was never mind, bitch. And she was like, well, yeah, what is that about? She said he had never disrespected her like that before. He'd never talked to her like that in text message or over the phone. And she was like, probably all those damn rap videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and video games. <laughs> and Marilyn Manson. Damn that rock and roll music straight <laughs> to hell. <laughs> um, so she was like, you know what? I'm going to let it go. Like, I'll talk to him about it tomorrow when I see him. But she just figured maybe something had happened. She knew that he had just broken up with his girlfriend and he was having a really hard time with that. So she was Maybe just, he blacked out and forgot who the fuck he was talking to. Exactly. And she was like, you know what? I'm just not even going to make a big deal about this right now. And we're texting anyway. It, it's it's not. She didn't feel like it was going to go anywhere. So yeah. she was like, I'll just wait. So she thought he was spending the night at William's house that night. If he didn't need a ride home, that's where he had been. She figured he's just staying there. And I think he did end up saying... I'm going to stay with friends tonight. I'm not going to be home. And she was like, okay. She just assumed it was William. So they also ask her if they could get like permission to access his phone records. And she says, of course, but in order to do that, they've got to get a warrant and they've got to contact the cell phone company. So this takes days. Like it doesn't come through right away. So while they're waiting on that, they want to know, who could they start talking to? Who are some friends? Who are some people they could talk to? Of course, William Samalot is one. And then she also mentions Amber, who is his ex-girlfriend. And she says that they had begun dating in December of 2010, and they had broken up only a few weeks ago. So now this is April 2011. 
Um, and during that time, they'd been on again, off again. They'd broken up several times. But the most recent breakup was a few weeks before that in March. And she said Seth was still pretty torn up about it. He was just really upset. He really wanted to get back together with Amber. Um, William says that Seth was in love with her. And when he started dating her, he said he wanted to be with her forever. And Sonia and William both say that Seth took the breakup just super hard. He wasn't over it. He just still wanted to be with her. So, and that they were still talking some, they were texting at the very least. So he just, he wasn't over it. And it was like a typical teenage love. You meet someone, you start dating, you think you're going to marry them and have, you know, lots of sex and babies and <laughs> everything's going to be perfect and you're going to mm-hmm. live together and always be happy. And it's like a forever fairy tale. Yes. And, um, but of course that's unfortunately not what happened. Uh, so now the detectives have a name, Amber Wright. So they immediately go to her house to talk with her and her friend, Charlie Ely happens to be there at the time as well. And they both say that they saw Seth in the neighborhood the night before, but that he got into an argument with his mom and then he left. So they both assumed he went home. So they thought he was arguing with his mom because she wanted him to come home and he didn't want to. They said it was about nine or 10 o'clock or like between nine and 10. And that's it. They didn't see him anymore. They just figured he went home. So the deputies decide to separate them to question them. And Lieutenant Todd Spitcher is talking with Charlie. So, um, the one detective is talking to Amber in her house and then they take the other one takes Charlie like out kind of down the street. They all like live in this general area. So Charlie takes him to where she says she saw Seth the night before and she's kind of going back through what they had said. We saw him. He got in a fight with his mom and we figured he left. And then she goes and that's when I heard a loud bang and he's like, what? What? Where did this loud bang come from? Yeah. Why was this not mentioned before? We're telling you he's missing and now you heard a loud bang and she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it was a firecracker or if it was gunshots. After we heard the bang, Seth started running away. I don't know if he got shot though. And he's like, what the fuck do you mean? Is it um, Uncle Buck's car? (laughs) The backfire. (laughs) Um that's really the only other thing it could be. Yes. But so, yeah, she's like, how do you go from that to that? You know what I mean? Like, Right. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he got shot. He started running away really fast. So we didn't know if he was shot or not. Like, no big deal. We just yeah. went back to doing what we were doing. Like, maybe he got shot. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> and so the detective is like, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Bitch, start over. You yeah. got to start from the beginning now because you didn't fucking tell me this shit in the first place. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay. Uh, was it important for you to know that there was a gun involved? Right. Or? Like, yeah. Um. Oh, I just, I didn't think that had anything to do with anything. Like, what the fuck? So this is where it kind of all falls apart because obviously now if Amber had her way, Charlie wouldn't have fucking probably said that shit. But, and when I listened to Obscura, the guy who was doing it said, um, and I thought he said it well, was six people can keep a secret if five of them are dead. So Charlie immediately kind of drops too much information. Yes. And I'm sure Amber was like, you bitch. Yeah. So Charlie is like, so the detective, the, oh my God. (laughs) 
Who needs to get better about words? Oopsie. So the detective is like, <laughs> the detective. start over. What the fuck? So then she's like, okay, okay, okay. We saw Seth to sum up. We saw Seth. <laughs> he was walking. We thought he was leaving. Then I heard a loud bang. And now I saw somebody in the shadows probably about 30 to 35 yards away. Now, let me tell you, this bitch did not say 30 to 35 yards because she doesn't know what a yard is. I don't either, but (laughs) she definitely doesn't. I'm sure that she pointed to somewhere and the detectives figured it out. But now there's a person, a mysterious figure. Yeah. I mean, what is that about? Like every time she says, he's like, okay, let's start over. And she's like, okay. Now this time, yeah, there was like, this. You're supposed to be starting this. over, so I can get one complete story. Yeah, how many times do we every have time? To, it's like on um, Austin Powers when he has to ask the question three times to get. Was it the second? The spy who shagged me, and it was Will Ferrell, and he was wearing his little fez thing or whatever, and they were like. Um, you must ask me a question oh. three times before I give you the answer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where is Dr. Evil's secret uh, volcano layer? <laughs> yes, exactly like that. So the lieutenant is like, okay, so now you saw somebody out in the in the woods or whatever? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> okay, do you know who it was? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, who? Who was it? And she's like, Mike Bargo. And he's like, who the fuck is Mike Bargo? Did he know Seth? And she's like, oh, yeah, he knew Seth and he hated him. He totally hated him. And he's like, that is important for me to know, especially if you think that somebody shot him. Do you think Mike shot him? And she was like, maybe he could oh have. Oh, my gosh. He's she saw it all to happen, carry a but... gun. <laughs> yeah. So... They go back to Amber's house and and Amber's like, I knew better than to leave you the fuck alone. Yeah. So now she's saying, you know what? I'm I'm not really sure what I saw. I don't know who I saw. I'm not sure what I saw. I don't know what I even heard. She's like backpedaling all over the place. So they find out that Mike Bargo is 18 years old. Um, Charlie was 18 too. So she lived on her own. Mike Bargo lived on his own. He actually stayed with Charlie a lot. I think like he had a room in her house and Mm. Mike and Amber met at Charlie's house partying and then they became like romantically involved. So Mike is Amber's new boyfriend. So when they get back to Amber's house, the other um, officer, Deputy Grantham is talking to Amber and all Amber told him was, what they said initially, which was, we saw him. He was walking in the neighborhood. He got in a fight with, we think it was his mom because he was texting her. And then we thought he went home. End of story. So they're like, okay, Amber, <laughs> your story and Charlie's story is really drastically different now. And you guys were together and you guys walked back home and you stayed together last night. So why is it so different? Amber's like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, Amber says she heard or Charlie says she heard a loud bang and maybe Seth was shot. And she's like, what? No, that never happened. We saw him. He was walking. He went home and we came back here. End of story. That's it. And they're like, well, why? 
would her story be so different? She's like, I don't know, but it's wrong. Like, I didn't see anybody. She didn't hear anything. Like, none of that happened. She's, like, seriously sticking to her story. Oh, yeah. And the the deputies are like, well, why didn't you tell us you're dating Mike Bargo? And she's like, well, I didn't think it mattered. And they're like, well, but Seth is your ex-boyfriend and we can't find him. So it would have been pertinent information to let us know that you're dating somebody else now. And she's like, well, it I mean, I didn't think it had anything to do with anything. Like, whatever. And the detectives are like, she she's 15 and she's being questioned by police. And we're confronting her about the fact that we think she's lying. She doesn't get nervous. He's like, she looked me directly in the eye and was able to just, like, continue on with her story like nothing happened. Like, like no fear in her voice at all. No quiver, no shaking, no nothing. Wow. They're like, it was amazing. I mean. A set of balls on this one. Exactly. So, the one thing they do agree on, though, is that they saw Seth at the corner of 140th Street and 58th Court the night before. That's it. So, since they both did see him, they're involved. Like, they at least have some information. So, William had gone to Amber's house. He wanted to ask her some questions himself. And when he was there... He, the deputies are actually like leaving, so he ran into them. So they're asking William about the night before. And William says that they were playing video games at his house. They had some friends over. Um, everything was going good. And then Amber called him. And when he saw that it was Amber calling Seth, William was like, dude, don't answer the phone. She's bad news. Just let it go. Like, you know, you need to friend. let it go. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I got to take the call. Like, I got to see what she wants. So he said that he overheard some bits and pieces of the conversation and Amber was saying that she loved him. She missed him and she wanted to work it out. So then he gets off the phone and William's like, dude, go home. Like, don't go over to wherever she wants you to go or like, don't meet up with her. Don't call her. Like, just sleep on it or whatever. And he's like, you know what, dude, you're right. It's been like a a hard road or whatever. It's over. I just, I just need to sleep on it tonight. And he's like, yeah, totally. Like William's a good friend. Yeah, for sure. He knew that this girl, he just, he didn't trust her. And William was like, I thought that he went home. And when I talked to his mom, she said she didn't know where he was. So that's why we got really worried. And also none of this was mentioned to police. Obviously Amber never said, well, I called Seth. Like she didn't say any of that. So well, she probably didn't think that it was important. (laughs) right yeah yeah William says that he and Seth agreed to hang out at school the next day and that was it he thought it was just a regular night he'd see his friend again at school the next day and little did he know that was the last time he would ever see Seth alive again William tells them the police that Mike Bargo was a self-proclaimed thug he wanted to be this like ringleader that had people around him to do his bidding he was basically a piece of trash that thought tattoos and piercings would make him look tough. Whoa. That's my assumption. I am feeling attacked right now. You don't use tattoos and piercings to try to make you look like a thug. That's just an added bonus. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But like Mike Bargo did that stuff because he thought he could look like that. Maybe he'd, you know, done some shit or whatever. Yeah. He was like a junkyard dog. Yeah. Yeah trash person can't mm. stand him yeah um well all of them really except for all of them bit, William. 
So William says he and Seth didn't like that crowd, and so they pretty much stayed away. Like, Charlie Ely's house was apparently, like, the place to go hang out and party and do drugs or whatever um, because she was 18. You know, she mm-hmm. could do whatever she wanted, so everybody hung out there. And the crowd that hung out there were Mike Bargo's friends because he had a room there. So mm-hmm. and he, was like, Yeah, he was 18, too. Yeah. yeah, he was 18. He did what he wanted, so they were like, we just stayed away from them. We didn't like those people. And the deputies at this point think... Seth's like a troubled kid. He's just run away or he's like hiding out somewhere. And that's going to be, I I mean, I understand it, but it's going to be so frustrating as a parent because you know, if your child is capable of doing something like that or not, you know, no, Seth would never run away. He's not that kind of kid or whatever, you know, I think he would have told his parents too, like, Hey, I'm just going to stay with friends for a couple of days or whatever. would have been like, yo bitch. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So, and he didn't do that. So, like, and they gave them a lot of freedom. So, I, yeah. And William was like, that upset me so much. I knew that something was super, super wrong. And with him freaking out as much as he did, the police were like, maybe we need to keep looking into this. Like, maybe he didn't just run away. So, they get back to the station and they start, um, they submit the, like, warrant requests and everything for the records they put out a bolo. They're starting to like try to talk to people. They're trying to get as much information they can until those records come back in. And I just feel like William is an amazing friend. Like we kind of already said it, I guess. But like if you go missing, I feel like this is the guy you want to be looking for you. Because while they're waiting on the cell phone records, William's like, I'm not just going to sit idly by while my friend is missing. His life could be in danger. So he was like, I started my own investigation, so he didn't tell the police, and he's like, I'm going to go talk to people. And he's how old at this point? 15. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if he's the same age as Seth, so yeah, yeah, 15, 16. Angel. I know. So, and he's actually pretty articulate, so I think uh, he's leveling up some. What is his last name again? Good for him. Sam a lot. Sam a lot. Yeah. He decided he was going to go to Amber's house and talk to her himself. He felt like since she had broken up with Seth and then started dating Mike that he couldn't trust her. And so he just felt like there was something else there. So when William talks to Amber, she says there are some things you just don't need to know and basically told him to like get out. And he was shocked by what she said because he was like, that's pretty cryptic. And like, what does that even mean? Because she's trying to act like she didn't know where he was. She hadn't seen him. So why would you say there's some stuff you don't need to know? And he was like, I just basically was on a mission to find out what happened. I knew she was involved. I didn't know exactly how, but her saying that made me like, it just fueled him even more. Mm -hmm. So he leaves and he posts on uh, Seth's Facebook page, uh, Seth, this is starting to freak me out. Where are you? And then he posts again later, yo, text me when you can. So he's like trying to get in touch with him any way he can. Of course, there's no activity on Seth's fa- Facebook page at this point. Um, and he doesn't get a response back. And Facebook happens to be kind of a hotbed of evidence in the case. There's a lot of communications that the key players in this case have on Facebook and like not even in messages like on Facebook posts like on the wall. Oh, wow. So they and I feel like that's kind of a little bit more typical with high school kids now. I mean obviously when we were in high school we didn't have that. Thank God. Um I know, but all these kids seem to like just blast all their shit on the Facebook page or like Twitter 
Like I know in the Skylar niece case, her her friends had murdered her, but they put everything on Twitter. Like everything was always on Twitter. Anything that they talked about, thought about, whatever, they tweeted about it. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you've, I've heard of, I've not seen anything, but I don't know specific cases, but people will like live stream murdering people on Facebook yeah. and uh, send it on Snapchat and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's fucking insane. It so. reminds me though of easy. Easy A, where the teacher is like, what? I don't know what it is with your generation and wanting to put all of your information on Facebook. And he's like, Roman had a Coke Zero after school. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's how it is. And they have, like, all these really personal conversations or personal information on Facebook. And I've seen some people that I'm Facebook friends with do that, you know, I feel like it's maybe a little bit less common for our generation to, but some still do to be like, wow, my husband's a fucking asshole. I wish I could divorce him. But like some people do that. I'm going to be honest though. I wish people did it more because sometimes unspoken prayer requests, I'm like, ah, you piqued my interest just enough. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Don't post about it. If you don't like, I'm nosy. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know what the the issue is. Amber and Seth had some pretty much like all out fights on Facebook leading up to Seth's disappearance. So they started kind of going back and forth in March. They were calling each other names. They were kind of airing out each other's dirty laundry. They were just kind of all over, all out bashing each other. Just messy. Yeah. So then Seth found out that Amber had started dating Mike Bargo and his anger intensified. So in late March, Seth went to a party to confront Mike Bargo about his dating Amber. And according to William, Seth essentially laid Mike Bargo out and his ego was crushed. So Seth shows up at this party. They're kind of like at a standoff. And Mike Bargo is sort of talking shit about him. And then Seth just fucking knocks his ass out. So after that, now Mike has a vendetta against Seth. He already didn't like him because he was Amber's ex. And he was sort of still in the picture because he was talking to Amber about Amber all the time or whatever. But now that he has embarrassed him in front of all of these people, he is incredibly angry Now he wants to start a fight with him, and he even said at one point to Seth, I've got a bullet with your name on it. Damn. So, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. So, on April the 4th, Amber posts lots to think about good night, and Mike commented on it and said, I hope you're not sad about me. And then some kid Dalton comments and says, basically just sort of starts a fight and is like, Seth's going to beat your ass, Mike, and like calling him names, like all this stuff. like his hype man. Yeah. And so like the back and forth comments ensue and it ends with Seth posting. And I have to paraphrase this because the spelling is so bad. Sometimes it's hard to make out even what he's trying to say. So I'm just going to do the best I can. But He says, okay, your house is getting burned the fuck down with your mama, Kyle, your daddy, and your boyfriend, and I will dip out, but um, just for the record, how does it feel to be cheated on? 
And if you find that online, you will see what I understand or what I mean. You will understand. <laughs> and I already know what I mean. <laughs> and you already understand. <laughs> And there will be understanding. So, <laughs> on April the 7th, Seth posted a status update directed at Amber. And this started an online argument as well. So, he says, Hello, everybody. My name is Amber Wright. And I smoke meth every day. I love the stuff. It makes me jizz in my pants. Oh. A.K.A. I'm a slut. Oh. So. Really came out guns blazing there. He really did. He was pretty, pretty fucking mad. So... Amber, lots of comments are on this. There's like 37 or 34 comments and just like all kinds of people uh, are... Those are such specific numbers for comments. It's either 34 or 37. <laughs> <laughs> there might be 36. I don't know. <laughs> but there's a lot of comments. And um, Amber comments on it, of course. And you guys, I'm going to I'm gonna do the best I can here. It says, <laughs> see, just like I said, Seth, stop being childish. And how the fuck did I cheat on you the whole time when I pretty much lived with you when we were together? I was with you 24 fucking 7. So stop talking shit. That's all you know how to do is get drama started. And how am I a hoe? What, because I dumped you because I got fed up with you throwing me into walls? I was tired of you calling me a C-word and a whore every day. I don't like to say the C-word. Oh, I was going to say, did she say that? Or okay, No, she said it. I, I'm embarrassed. I can't do it. <laughs> um, I got tired of you treating me like I was nothing. If you're so fucking perfect, why don't you get over the jealousy you have and get yourself a new girl you can fucking hurt? Because I'm sure enough done. Oh, and about the cheating thing, you're the one that fucking cheated on me with with Gil the whole time, or maybe she's trying to say girl. I'm not sure. You know, I fucking care deeply about you. I stuck with you through a lot of shit, but now you want to sit here and trash talk me to people that don't even know me. And the funny thing is, you know, I'm not a fucking hoe, but you continuously and she spelled continuously correctly. I'm proud of her. I don't know how, <laughs> but you continuously have something new to say about me. And then she also said, but it's all good. Run your mouth all you want, because I know I'm 10 times better than you. It takes a real man to accept the fact that he got broke up with. And accept is wrong. Yeah, accept is like, except for the fact. Um, but it's obvious that you're not being a man about the situation. You're being a little kid about it. And no, I'm not talking shit. I'm speaking the truth. And you know it just as much as I do. So then Seth says, Amber, if you go back and read some of the shit I wrote, I said I was done with you and you should be done with me. Just like when I rode by your brother and Mike, I didn't say nothing, but you did. So grow the fuck up and leave me the fuck alone. It's to the point where I don't like hearing your fucking name, girl. So be with him, smoke your weed and leave me out of this. Is it... Maybe leave me out of it. This is it. We are both done talking shit. We both need to just let all this shit go. Yeah, we split. Yeah, it hurt. But I'm over the dumb shit with me and you. I just ain't going to let Mike have his cake and eat it too. Two is spelled T-W-O. Ooh, it's rough stuff. Mm -hmm. It don't work that way, Amber, and you know that. Amber says, how are you done with it? When you continuously write shit about me, talk shit about me, hate on me, fucking say shit to me, huh? Tell me because I really want to fucking know. Exactly. You're not done with it if you keep bringing my name into shit. So learn the definition of done. Hmm. She has a point. But this whole exchange is 
quite silly. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's tons of other comments. As I said, 34 to 37 approximately. I'm not sure exactly (laughs) how many. Um, Either saying like, that's not nice or that's fucked up or um, or hell yeah, like whatever they want to say. And Seth kind of... To TWO. Yeah. And Seth kind of defends his position saying, well, she cheated on me, so that's fucked up too. Like, and then people are like, well, yeah, I guess that is fucked up. And um, then there's like other people that are like, Mike Bargo is a P word. I don't say that one either. You don't have a word you don't say. Nope. And, um, and you're 15 and you can kick his ass and like all this stuff. So there's lots of like, that's not very nice. You shouldn't be saying that to... Yeah, like whatever. So, um, according to most of the articles that I read too, Seth didn't update his Facebook page all that much. So sometimes like if somebody left a comment on his page, it would be like a week or two before he'd comment back. But during this period of time, the couple of weeks before he was on it a lot, he was taken to Facebook a lot and the fight was spilling over into like IRL too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then he would kind of take to Facebook back and forth. So he also posted a really derogatory status on March the 23rd that was extremely racist. It was horrible. Um, There's nothing else in any of the records that show anything like that from him before, but it's pretty disturbing. So friends and family say, of course, he was a great person, always have wonderful things to say about him. His critics point to that post and then the post where he's talking about Amber being a slut and fighting Mike Vargo as Bargo as him being a bad person. And he was violent. He was like wound up. I mean, there's no excuse for the racism, but no, he was wound up calling her a hoe and a slut and stuff. Like there's things that I've said, you know, trashing someone else when I've been angry and especially at 15, like 16. Well, and, and I think that, I mean, unfortunately, and I wish, kids understood this too that like once you put something online there is no going it's back there it's out there and it's like other people can come back and look at it and even if you delete it later there's screenshots of all this stuff so somebody has seen it and someone has saved it yeah exactly so it's like the moment you put it out online like there it is and you mm-hmm. can't take it back anymore and i mean obviously this doesn't show excellent character on his part by any means. I mean, it doesn't show excellent character for any of them. Um, but that's kind of where I, I brought up the whole area that they lived in and the fact that it's a really, really poor area. I mean, it's just a lot of kids running around doing whatever the fuck they want to do at like 15. I mean, Amber's sitting there talking about, I li- practically lived with you. I was with you 24-7. She's fi- she was 15 too. Where where are your parents? You're letting yeah. 15-year-olds sleep over at each other's house, like, practically live with each other? Yeah. It's, they're doing all kinds of drugs all the time. Their parents are nowhere to be found. And it's either because they're working just to try to support their family. Because if you're only making $8 an hour and you've got three kids and a house, yeah, like, how do you, how does that support a family? Yeah, that that's really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So I think the parents are having to work a lot, sometimes multiple jobs and the kids are just kind of using that opportunity to go around unpoliced. And also it's obvious that none of the parents are monitoring their social media accounts Mm -hmm. because if you're looking at that, you're seeing there's, there's tons of posts. You can go look them up. There's 
all kinds of stuff where Seth and Mike Bargo were going back and forth on Facebook about meeting up and fighting. And, you know, Seth is saying that Bargo is just like a little girl and calling him names or whatever. And he's like, I've tried to fight him like multiple times. And I tell him like, let's just settle in in a fight. And he doesn't want to and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's like, um, well, and like Seth saying, I'm going to burn your house down with your yeah, family in it. That's, that was... Um, that's a red flag guys like yeah so yeah you're you need to know yeah you need to know about that if your son is posting stuff like that well and i mean that is a threat no matter what which way you slice it but we live in the age where people take that shit seriously because they have to and even if you're saying it to get a rise out of someone or whatever you can't say shit like that like you just cannot do that yeah you can't and later Kyle Hooper Amber's brother is gonna say that that was a big catalyst in why he played the role that he did so you know it's like you have to be careful the shit that you say to people and and throwing out threats like that is it's never okay and someone needs to arrest the teachers at the school that all these kids go to because they can't spell one (laughs) word correctly in Amber's post and i'm talking her screenshots of her text messages and every time she posts the word you on facebook which should be y-o-u she spells it y-u-u it's like you y-u-u or your y-u-u-r i was just yourself y-u-u-r i thought that was a very easy word to spell i mean it's bad and like Honestly, I mean, it sounds horrible, but it's just the truth. Like, if you look at these Facebook, all of them, the Facebook posts, the text messages, everything, it's like, you know, when you go back and you look at something that you wrote when you're like seven, just learning how to write, and it's like, I love my mom. She is the prettiest woman in the whole wide world. I -hmm. wish everyone could have puppies. And like, everything is spelled with like one P when it should be two or like get G-I-T, like. And it's not, there's no punctuation at all. Yeah. That's these. Mm. That's exactly how they spell stuff. It's that bad. Like, oof. The education here, I mean, if they're all like that, there's got to be something wrong with the education there, Well, too. but, I mean, you did point out that William is very articulate. That's so. why I was v- so happy for him, because He's these, chance. I mean, these people can't even spell the word you. I know. It's bad. Oof. So, yeah, it, I think he's at least done, gotten out of there, I hope. Yeah. Um, Amber does, however, spell the word fucking right every time. And continuously. I, yeah, I'm shocked and amazed by that. Yes. Um, so, all right, anyway, the Facebook feud is getting pretty heated. Not only is Seth now arguing with Amber and Mike, but he's also fighting Kyle Hooper, Amber's brother. Kyle Hooper is disgusting, by the way. Like, he's just totally disgusting. (laughs) Not, not a fan. No. They used to be good friends at one point. Uh, Kyle is telling him to stop bashing his sister online or their friendship is over. Obviously, he's pissed about the threatening to burn your house down with your family in it. Kyle is also pretty pissed because he liked this girl, Alyssa, or was going out with this girl, Alyssa. And after he, after Seth and Amber finally broke up and like all of this is going on, Seth and Alyssa started dating or talking or something. So Kyle is fucking pissed because now Seth is dating his girlfriend or crush or whatever. So he's got a lot of reasons not to like Seth anymore. Mm-hmm. 
from all accounts, Mike Bargo is a dangerous guy. He's known to carry a gun, and he recently had a restraining order taken out against him by another juvenile earlier that year. He's a person of interest in Seth's disappearance, but police can't locate him. But this is not going to stop William, because William is a star investigator. <laughs> he's going to look for Mike on his own. He's like, fucking, I'm going to find him. He was so, reading Hardy Boys or something. I know. So at this point, he says that he thinks maybe Seth and Mike had gotten into a fight, and maybe Seth did go, like, hide out at a friend's house just to kind of... Till everything, like, lay low till everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, cause he knew that, you know, Seth had been challenging Mike to fight him. Mike wasn't taking him up on it. So he thought, okay, maybe Amber called and said, I want to get back together with you. And then they basically had to challenge each other to a duel or something for the lady. So, and I use that term loosely. Um, <laughs> the lady. Yeah. <laughs> so when William is looking for Mike, he can't find him. But he sees Kyle outside. And so he asks Kyle where Seth was. And Kyle's like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. And he's like, he was stuttering an absurd amount, which he did not normally do. And he said he didn't know where Seth was. And he said, okay, well, where's Mike? I'm looking for Mike. And he said he did the same thing. He's like stuttering all over the place. I don't know where he is. And then he basically is like, I got to go by and runs away. So... William is like, all right, there's something up with that. Mm -hmm. Like, Kyle is obviously involved or he knows something he's not telling me. Ooh-wee. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, so after Kyle leaves without talking to him, he said that he ended up searching for Seth basically all night long on his bicycle. Oh. <laughs> which is sweet, but again, where's your mom? Yeah, true. Um, so the next morning, which is Tuesday, April the 19th, Tracy Wright calls the sheriff's department. So she is the mother of Amber Wright and Kyle Hooper. And she says she needs an officer to come out to talk with her son, Kyle. She says that Kyle has information about the disappearance of Seth Jackson. Mm. So we have a lot more to get into next time. <gasps> I know. Heart cliffhanger, right? Duh. Yep. We're going to get into interrogations, trial, and the uncovering of a grisly murder plan right out of a horror movie. Get in on the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Killer Queens Podcast and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. If you want to submit a case to be covered on the show, visit www.killerqueenspodcast.com slash case submission and complete the form. If we cover the case, we'll even give you a shout out on the show. Lilas! <laughs>
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.